ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com, and the ESPN 1420 app. Welcome back into the great Scott Show. Joining me right now, friend of the program, friend of mine, Ralph Marlboro of the Saints Happy Hour podcast, columnist for WWLTV.com, and TV personality over there for some reason. And, um, now has a, a a faux Twitter account that some fan is using to <laughs> tease him. And uh, at first I was like, this this might actually be Ralph, but but Juge convinced me it wasn't. But I gotta tell you, before we talk Saints, Ralph, the mouth Ralph Bro follow on Twitter, there are times on my timeline where I, I'm not joking, like I can't distinguish between the two. It's, it's not really, it's he's he's really good. He's really good. People think People think it's me, right? But it's not. And, and the thing is, like the the, the 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 fake Ralph Twitter account was like, I saw Dave eating in New Orleans. I saw him eating lunch. So you know, it's not me because I'm in Houston. The, uh, the also the thing is for me, Scott, is anybody that knows me knows I struggle with technology. I have a hard and fast rule in my in my life: no burner Twitter accounts. Because if I have a burner account, that's just leads to all sorts of problems and life crises that I don't want to deal with. So I have a hard and fast rule, no burner Twitter accounts ever. Yeah, But my thing is this, like you say, it's good. It's, it's a good follow. Like I laugh and I get it confused. I'm like, wait, Ralph didn't say, but it's kind of like, you know, a year ago, Tiger King was all the rage. And then it came out that they were going to make a movie or a series. And Nick Cage was going to play, you know, Tiger King. And it's like, that like you can't you can't outdo what's already just crazy like this like why 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 do a why do a fictional version or a you know a loosely yeah. based version when the characters are already this wild it's like a faux twitter account mocking you he's not mocking you he's just imitating you so it's not even really it's 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 not really good. It's just imitation is all it is. And imitate. Look, I imitate folks all the time, but I feel like this is Nick Cage trying to be Tiger King. It's like, no, you don't even need that. No, Tiger King's can't. crazy enough. Yeah, I I like I like it though. The one thing is, I always I, I'm I'm always horrified because I'm on TV and I write this column and I see the numbers of people that write it. And I only have like five thousand Twitter followers. I don't I don't quite understand. I'm just, I guess I'm old and that's why I'm not popular on Twitter, but it's fine. Uh, you know, 5,000 ain't nothing. To, 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 <laughs> let's move on. We'll talk some Saints football now. Saints Happy Hour podcast. Um, this show titled Please Don't Shoot Your <clears throat> Off, which, uh, boy, why, why don't we start there? Um, no, I don't yeah. want to get into what was said, although I know you have some things to say, but it is worth noting on, from a football standpoint that Marshawn Lattimore will likely miss some time. I think the league will probably impose some kind of suspension. How long? I don't know. We know how desperate the Saints are at corner with Janoris Jenkins gone. No Lattimore or Jenkins. Who know, I mean, right now you're looking at Patrick Robinson and P.J. Williams having to start games at quarter, possibly to start the season, unless the Saints, you know, do something here early in the draft and find an immediate starter. Is quarterback or linebacker next to Demario Davis, um, who who you put next to Davis, because you're really you're not playing three linebackers much. It's usually just two because you're playing a lot of DBs. What's the more desperate need here? And if the Saints don't take a linebacker or corner in the first round, are you just going to lose your you-know-what? Well, let me just say, that policeman in Ohio is clearly a Saints fan because he cares about the Saints secondary as much as we do. 
He cares about Marshawn Lattimore as a person, and he doesn't want to go back to the dark ages of Brandon Browner and Stanley Jean-Baptiste and the disaster and, and, and you know, B.W. Uh, Webb. He doesn't want to go back to those dark times. So I, I appreciate that police officer caring as much about the Saints secondary as we do. So that was really nice of him. Uh, so we'll start there. The thing with the Saints and the draft is, this is my theory, it's going to be my WWL comment that I'll probably post tomorrow, is my theory is, Scott, they're, they're not going to pick a 28. Either they're going to move up and get a corner, or they're going to trade out because they're going to be a 28 and they're going to be like, we don't like anything here. If they could trade out, they'll do it. So that's my theory. They're not going to pick a 28. The thing that's, the thing to me, Scott, is if they fix corner and you have Lattimore and you have Greg Newsom, who one of the top four corners, and you have fixed corner and you get top 12 play out of Jameis and injury health because they need more, better injury health than they have the last three years because their roster isn't as deep, as deep. You know, the last three years, the Saints – they could overcome any injury because one to fifty-five, they had the best roster in football, and they could just didn't matter. They were like a tank, right? And now they need some injury luck. But if they get top ten or twelve play from Jameis, and they fix it, they get a good number two corner in the draft. They're going to win eleven, twelve games. They're going to be eleven and six, twelve and five, and that's going to be great. So my thing is, I just look at them and I see one of those corners. What pick whatever you want. Caleb Farley, J.C. Horn would be my dream pick because I think that would just be hope hilarious and fun to have another another horn on the Saints roster. Whoever it's going to be, I think they're going to be there at 17-18, and Mickey Loomis and Sean Payton and Jeff Ireland are going to go, let's go up and get this corner. And remember, the Saints have two third-round picks this year. They have two third-round picks next year, and they might get a third third-round pick next year for Trey Hendrickson as a comp pick. It's either going to be a third-round pick or a fourth-round pick. So they have assets to burn. So if they can give, they can give up the 2022 20, second and move up eight to ten spots. So I just think there's going to be a corner. They're going to linger there, and the Saints are going to the Saints are going to do what they do. Scott, trading up is as much a part of the Saints uh, organization philosophy as the Florida Lee on the helmet, right? So I just I can't see them being able to resist if one of those four corners is there. At 18, my one caveat to this, though, is if you look at the draft, if you look at picks 19 through, like, 25, all those teams need a corner, right? Jacksonville at 25, Chicago at 20, uh, Pittsburgh. Like, they all need corners. So my thing is, if the Saints, they better get to 18. Because if they don't get to 18, there's no way all those four, one of those corners is going to be there at 28. So I think it becomes a very difficult situation where – if they don't move up to 18 and get a corner, I think it's more likely that they trade out, which is like sign of the apocalypse for the Saints. If they, tra- if they trade down, I mean, you better get, get to your bomb shelter and get canned goods. You know, Mickey Loomis, I think he's only done it like twice in his Saints time as GM. But that's my that's my 45-second theory on draft. For the 45, Saints. yeah, more like uh, 200. But I like it. I'm digging it. I'm giving you a hard time. I think <laughs> – but, but, like – if 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 all the corners are gone, as you say, whatever, I mean, dude, that the, the, the Collins kids, they even Collins out of uh, out of Tulsa, you talk about a disruptor, a guy that just mm. makes plays and really good in coverage. We've talked about it, not recently. We've talked about it for years, Ralph. The Saints haven't drafted a good linebacker since Jim Moore was the head coach. It was Mark Fields, what, 26, 27 years ago. It has been a long time time 
if they take Collins there, I got no issues with it because I think you pair him up next to Davis. Look at Davis's contract as well. Look at his age. You got to think short term mm-hmm. and long term. I think I think he kind of checks the boxes for both of those things. I really, I, I, I just look. I'm no expert. I'm not out there watching, you know, hours and hours of film. But I did watch that guy play in some games. I know what the Saints' needs are. I love it, man. I, I if they take him, I got no issues. My thing with linebackers, and I made him we. I, I, we made a meme and we put it on social media. You know the meme of the of the of the, the two buttons and the finger on the button, and they have one thing for one button and one big thing for the other button. I I did that meme where I had Saints, my Ralph's love of picking any LSU player for one button, and Ralph's fear of the Saints drafting another terrible linebacker with the other button, and it was a picture of Jabril Cox. So no matter what linebacker the Saints pick, even Cormoa from. Knows your name, I probably just butchered his name, who's like a top 12 pick. If the Saints could somehow get him, I would be scared just because, God, they haven't picked a good linebacker in like two generations. But they they do, they need a linebacker. And I'm going to tell you another, they, the Saints basically, they can go pick any position. And if the player's good, you can make a case that it's fine. I mean, they could even pick offensive tackle, which would be funny because it would drive St. Twitter up a wall. We'd lose our minds after all the offensive linemen mm-hmm. that picked the last four years, right? But, I mean, if they have an offensive lineman there, that say the Saints are picking at 28, right, and the last guy that they have a first-round grade on, because no team has 32 first-round grades. So, like, say the Saints, they're bored. They have, like, 17 guys with a first-round grade. And the last one there is an the offensive tackle. They can take him at 28 and then be like, look, Ramchek is going to be a free agent. Armstead is going to free, be a free agent. We can only tag one of them. So we need an offensive tackle. We're going to redshirt him. He's going to play in the jumbo package, and, and we'll figure it out in 2022. So they could go there. They could go safety, right, because Malcolm Jenkins is old. Marcus Williams is on the franchise tag. So the Saints could go all kinds of ways uh, this draft. You know, the only thing that would really, really surprise me, I guess, is they would go running back at 28. But even then – Latavius Murray is over thirty, right? And he got in, he was starting to get banged up at the end of last yeah, year. So don't do that. We're just don't, in a we, we're just in a weird place with the Saints because the pandemic squeezed Loomis Mass and they had to get rid, rid of a bunch of guys. And so their roster has all these holes, but they're you know a twelve win team, right? So it's they're in this really weird spot where like they really should probably build for the future. But at the same time, you're like, this is a 12-win team. Let's go get a corner. Let's go trade up and get a corner. Trade up and get a linebacker. We'll get good quarterback play from Jameis. We'll keep this party going. So it's a really, it's a re- it's a really fascinating draft for the Saints. I think one of the more fascinating ones they've had in a really long time. Ralph Marlboro, our guest from the Saints Happy Hour podcast, Saints Historian, ESPN 1420.com. I'm Scott Prather. I, I, a future topic for another conversation perhaps in the offseason, Ralph. I, I don't know that I'm – I'm thinking 12 wins the same way you are, but, but, um, but in terms of the draft approach, I know that that's kind of what the team's thinking here. What's interesting to me about this, you know, you're not going to have a 2016, 2017 draft. I mean, that's just historically mm-hmm. great, and if that's your standard, then you're just setting yourself up for extreme disappointment. But what stood out to me about that year and about 2015 was, you know, in 2017 you had – what, seven draft picks, but six of the seven were in the first three rounds. In 2015, you had nine picks. 
Last year, the Saints mm-hmm. ended up only having, you know, four players total, and one of them was a complete waste and the dumb Tommy Stevens, completely Sean Payton just being petty and getting in his feels pick. So the difference is, you look at 2019. You only had five players drafted. Mm-hmm. You didn't have a first-round pick. You didn't have a third-round pick. Great draft, right? Even though there's only two players, Eric McCoy, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, Great. Also, why was it great? You're coming off a 2018 season, and your roster is extremely deep. Extremely That's deep. That's right. 2018, not not a great draft. Rick Leonard, terrible pick. Jamerson Moore didn't make the team. Boston Scott, he's somewhere else. Will Clapp, you know, he's on the roster, he's off the roster, whatever. Davenport, folks are still waiting on it. Traquan Smith, okay. You know, when you look at lost talent there, but in 2017, you, you had a lot of open roster spots and you nailed the draft. I mean, even Muhammad made the team. You know, he, he was playing in the league in Indy. I mean, and that was a six-round pick. So this year, you've got a lot of draft capital, but you also have, for the first time in a couple of years, a lot of open roster spots. In 2015, all those guys made the team, but yep. they weren't really good. You know, the only guy still on the team is Andrews Pete, and he just gets Saints Twitter and, and fan base into a frenzy. I'm sorry, P.J. Williams is still on the team. But, you know, it's P.J. Williams. All, all those guys, that's it, right? And that was a lot of draft picks. You've got a lot of draft picks. In 2015, you had a lot of holes to fill. They all made the roster initially, and then we quickly realized, you know what, a lot of these guys aren't that good. So I think of all these draft picks this year, Ralph, they're all going to have a, an opportunity to make the team, but if you can be some, you're not going to hit 2017. But if you can be somewhere closer to, you know, somewhere between 2017 and 2019, and a lot less like 2015 or say 2018, I'll I'll sign off on that right now because you're not going to get 2017. But I think everybody that gets selected by the Saints, there's a chance that all but maybe one or two of them is going to make the final roster this year. Whether they're good enough to or not, I think it's just based on need. And that, to me, is what's interesting because last year you only needed really those three at the top. And yeah, Troutman, I guess we'll see. He's going to start this year. Bond, nothing in year one. Ruiz, you know, I mean, he, he Drew Brees broke more than half of his ribs because of that guy. So I – um, and that, that's not to say that he's not going to be good, but – Book's still out on that one. I, I just hope a few years from now when we read the book of the 2021 draft, it's, oh, they found five starters because they desperately needed it. Well, yeah, and I think one point that my co-host Andrew makes, he, he, you know, which I think is a really great point, he says, you know, people focus on 2021 and they need a corner and they need a cover linebacker. But his point is the key to the Saints 2021 season is really Jameis Winston and the 2020 draft coming through because he made the point is look if Jameis Winston is like the ninth best quarterback and Ruiz becomes a really good guard and Troutman becomes a very good tight end not a, maybe not a Pro Bowl tight end but like you know uh, Jared Cook type tight end without the horrible horrible playoff drops then you have something. And you have this, you know, a bond becomes a good linebacker. Then you've got something, and then you don't need the 2021 draft to really come through for you in a way that we sort of all imagine that it that it needs to. The thing with the Saints too is, remember last year they were going to burn the draft day value chart or whatever. Nicky Loomis was prepared to burn that to the ground to get 
to get Bond. They after they got him, they were like, we we totally were like we were begging teams, we were offering the twenty twenty. 2021 second we were doing everything and teams just kept refusing us and he fell to us we finally were able to make the move um so i just don't think they're in that place now because like you mentioned they didn't have a lot of holes so like in 2018 19 and 20 right the Saints they didn't need to pick eight eight guys or 10 guys because they wouldn't make the team and they would have just cut them all and other teams would have got them but now they have they have holes to fill the one position that I would love for them to get is I would love for them to add a speedy wide receiver because as much fun as Deontay Harris is, Scott, he's fun and he was a he was, that was a crucial injury I think in the Tampa game because he teams just Tampa was scared of him the Bears playoff game he was great but I just don't think he can be a guy that you can say we're gonna get him forty catches and twenty runs he's just so tiny, Scott. I just believe you cannot you cannot do that with him. So I would love for them to get like a big, fast wide receiver that can help Jameis down the field and pair with Michael Thomas. That would be something they could do. But the other scenario that I would like, besides get moving up and getting a corner, is Scott. And I don't think it can work out because I don't think there's a quarterback that somebody would want at the end of the first round. But it would be fantastic to me if the Saints would trade out from 28 and get a 2022 first-round pick. Even if it move, means you move down from like 28 to 40 or 45, if you get a 2022 first-round pick, I know it would drive us crazy because we're focused on now, now, now. But to me, Scott, if you have two first-round picks in 2022, that allows you so much flexibility and, and possibilities. Here's why. You have Jameis, right? Let's say Jameis is still Jameis. He's Jameis-y, he picks, he's fumbled, he's making horrible decisions, and you're like, we went set, we know, we went seven and ten or whatever. We got to move on from Jameis. Well, then in 2022, you got two first-round picks, and if you want to move up and get a, you want to move up and get a quarterback, you can. If Russell Wilson becomes available with Seattle, you got two first-round picks. You got more ammo to do it. You got those extra picks I talked about compensation-wise. So then you're set up to get your quarterback. If Jameis is good and you pay him, then in 2022, you're like, hey, we got two first-round picks. We're keeping this party going. We're going to either draft two good players and be a Super Bowl contender, or we're going to package those two players up, and we're going to go into the top ten, and we're going to get a super elite player, and we're going to roll. So that'd be my scenario. It just gives you options in case Jameis doesn't work out. So either get a corner or try to get a 2022 first-round pick. Those are my two ideal scenarios. I I really think the latter one, an extra first-round pick, is unlikely. I'm still sticking there. They're, they're going to move up. Like You better be awake and alert during the draft because, because once picks if, – if they get to pick, say, 15 and one of those four corners on is on the board, Scott – do not leave your TV. They need, they need to put a trade warning like they do hurricane warning. They need to put that across the screen for the Saints because you're in the cone of uncertainty if the corner's there at 15 and for the Saints because they'll probably be de- desperately trying to move up to get them. Whenever Sean Payton publicly says a position is a need, um, that's – and and you know it's not it's not him BSing like he does from time to time. Like when we're all saying the same thing and he doesn't downplay it. Yeah, that, like that, 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 pay attention, right? <laughs> I mean, pay attention to that. And you're right. You know, um, they could be moving up. I have no issues with them moving back. Like you said, it would make 
Thursday night somewhat anticlimactic for Saints fans, but if you can get a first-round pick out of it, hell, go ahead and do it. The, 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 the value of 28, if you can get a starting corner or Collins at 28, mm-hmm. just having a first-round pick in the last 10 picks of the first round that ends up being a really good player, that might be the mo- that outside of having a great quarterback on a rookie deal, that's probably the second and most valuable contract in the NFL because you've got controlled costs for five seasons. Like Ramchek right now, if he had been, you know, a, a, a sixth or seventh overall and he's played like it, right? I mean, he's been an AP all pro yeah. for crying out loud. Then you pick up that fifth year rookie option that he's currently on. He hasn't signed an extension yet, and it is costing you buku money. Being the last pick of the first round, man, those those late those late picks in the first round, if you hit on them, are just extremely valuable to a team. Well, I'll tell you this, and I don't think this is disputable. Since the NFL went to the new uh, draft system for rookies where they cap, they cap it and the, 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 the salaries are, are very restricted and lower, Ramtech is the greatest number 32 pick in the history of the new collective bargaining agreement since 2011. And the reason I know that's true is he's the only guy that's been picked 32nd that a team has picked up his option for the fifth year. He's the only one since 2011. So that is your point to that is it's it's gold, and that's why those teams they they like to move back into the end of the first round for the fifth year option. But teams almost they teams value those second round picks almost more because you get a guy like the Saints did with Kamara, where you got four years of him basically at minimum wage NFL salaries, and look nine hundred thousand dollars is a lot for me and you, but for NFL. That's like minimum wage, right? So that's those are incredibly valuable assets. So to me, the Saints they this draft this this draft in next year is critical because for the first time ever, Scott, they're getting comp picks, right? And you got to hit on these picks, or you got to move up when you when you move up to when you burn these assets, they've got to hit them. But the Saints. They're drafting since 2015 or 2016. Nobody's been better than the Saints. Like, the Saints are out of this world good at drafting now. I mean, you look at all their – they're hitting at, like, 53 55% of their picks. And they have, to me, Scott, they have a process where they have trusted Ireland here. They have their prototypes. They have their height, weight, speed that they want. And the thing that makes the Saints, I think, better than all these other teams at drafting is they've had the same people in place. For so long, Dennis Allen on defense, Sean Payton on offense, the same scouts. Now I know they lost. They know, I know they lost Fontenot, and I know they lost some coaches. But the Saints for the last five years, everybody's on the same page, and they're like, "This is what we need to succeed." And all their scouts are on the same page. And you look at the teams that fail; it's because you got a new GM, you got a new coach, so everything's new, everything's different. The Saints, they have this stability and like I hate buzzwords like synergy and all that you know, corporate nonsense. But it's true. Like, stability does help you. And I think the thing that's given the Saints an advantage is unlike places like New England, they haven't had, like, a giant drain of people where a bunch of people are leaving to be head coaches, a bunch of people, a bunch of pro personnel directors are leaving to be GMs. And that, like, Fontenot's really the only one that's left, right? And he was on the pro personnel side, not the college side. So the Saints have been blessed with this stability where, for whatever reason, until this past year, 
NFL teams weren't weren't interested in hiring Saints people to run their teams, and it's really helped them. And I think it's going to help them again Thursday. Like they just they know what they're doing draft wise because they're all on the same team, all on the same page. And I'll tell you, there's an article in the Athletic. If you're a subscriber there, go read it. It's about the Eagles. You will laugh at their complete and utter dysfunction. And you will you'll be like, thank God the Saints have Mickey Loomis and Sean Payton for 15 years. I cannot imagine having a team where the coach has a draft board, Mickey Loomis has a draft board, the owner has his own draft board. Like, when you have that, you're not succeeding in the NFL. No way. So it's just the Saints are in a really good spot. And I think there's no reason to think they aren't going to nail this draft. And, Scott, I would expect if they don't get at least 2019 quality where they get – two really good players like McCoy and Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, I'll be really, really disappointed. They need to get, and by my way of thinking, they need a starter and they need two guys that contribute a lot. If they don't do that, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be surprised and disappointed, honestly. ESPN 1420.com. Ralph Malbro has been our guest. One thing I'll, I'll disagree with you on, I think if you look at the last 10 years – of the rookie, you know, scale that started in 2010. Lamar Jackson, I would put, is the best 32nd overall pick just because he won an MVP. But um, but I'll, I'll put I'll put Ramchek after that. What's interesting, number of these guys, you know, Ram- I thought Lamar was 31, but yeah. I forgot he was 32. Ramchek on the Saints, right? Uh, Malcolm Brown was taken 32nd overall by the Pats. He's not on the Saints anymore, but spent time with the Saints. Teddy Bridgewater, 32nd overall by the Vikings, mm-hmm. spent time with the Saints. Patrick Robinson, still on the Saints. Granted, he left for yeah. a while, but he was their 32nd overall pick. So the Saints have a lot of history there. You know, heck, if they move back, Ralph, not out of the first round, but just back to 32nd, um, I'll, I'll take it because history, I think, is on their side. But if they move out of the first round to, um, you know, to go out and, and get a first rounder for the future years, like you suggested, I'd sign off on that right now, but we both know that the odds of that well, happening. We, like, we, we, we wouldn't will, bet any money on that. I, the one thing I will say about moving out is there's this weird thing that I think is complete. I won't use a bad word, but it, I'll say nonsense. It is complete nonsense that the draft chart nerds have decided that a future first-round pick is worth a mid-second-round pick. So they'll be like, oh, the Rams traded their 2023 first. It's not really worth a first-round pick. It's worth pick 45 on my chart. And I yelled at this draft. I was like, listen, you can devalue a future first-round pick, but you cannot say it's worth less than the 32nd pick unless the NFL expands into Europe. And the thing is, I can yell at the draft, but these young GMs, they believe that nonsense. And they're like, I'll trade a future, I'll trade you a, 20, a future first 2023 because it's really not worth a first round pick. It's worth, it's really worth 48 on my draft chart. And if teams want to do that, I say go for it. Because the Texans did that for Laramie Tunsil because they're like, there's no way we're going to be picking in the top of the draft. We could trade away these first. It's fine. We're, we're, we're trying to win a Super Bowl. And guess what? It ended up being the third pick. So I just think that kind of nonsense might add to the Saints getting something kind of ridiculous for moving out of 28. I'll just put that out there. Great stuff. Ralph Marlboro has been our guest. I've known him for, geez, uh, 18 years, and I still mispronounce his last name, but not as much as he (laughs) mispronounces all kinds of names, which is uh, just one of the joys I get out of when I chuckle and am entertained every time I listen 
to the Saints Happy Hour podcast uh, at Saints Forecast on Twitter. That is the handle to follow Ralph uh, at Saints Happy Hour. That's the handle on Twitter to follow the Saints Happy Hour podcast. I know you guys are very popular here in the Lafayette area, in the Acadian area. You got a lot of listeners. Guys, listen, subscribe. You'll enjoy it, and uh, maybe you'll enjoy it enough. Become a Patreon. Enjoy that. They constantly churn out tons of Saints content on a daily basis. It's great stuff, and um, I enjoy it myself. I don't get a ton of free time to listen to something outside on the radio of this radio station, but when I do, it's a podcast or two, and they're always in the rotation for me. Ralph, always appreciate it, man. Anything else you want to pop before we let you go? No, just join us. Just follow us on Twitter on draft night. We are going to do a live stream as soon as the Saints pick. We'll be live on the YouTube, cutting it up, analyzing it, doing whatever the, whatever the Saints decide to do. So find us there. I'll be on Twitter draft night. Draft night. Draft night is still like my favorite, one of my favorite things. I love it. I can't. I cannot. I cannot wait for uh, Thursday. Try explaining the NFL draft to someone in another country that does not follow the NFL. Okay, and they it sounds bonkers. It's like, yeah, there's this robotic guy that everyone hates that cannot, you know, really like he hugs people, but he really doesn't show any emotion. He reads names from a board. Fan bases flip out or celebrate like big time, like they either party or go into a deep depression and uh, everyone analyzes it and. That's it, and it does buku ratings, and people love it, and they can't get enough of it. And then their response would be like, "Wait, they don't, but they don't play a game." Like, no, none of that. It's just, it's not even close to the season. But you try explaining it to someone that doesn't follow football, and it sounds crazy. But it is just, it's like made-for-TV drama, man. There's something about it that just, it's special. You can't recreate it. It is, and the thing about the draft that is so amazing is when I was a kid, and this will make me this will make people realize that I was I am old. When I was a kid, the draft for the ESPN, it was on during the week, during the day. Like they would do it they used to do it like a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then they finally moved the first day to Sunday. And it was like, oh wow, they're moving it to Sunday. And it would be but it was still during the day and they used to have fourteen rounds and they they'd have Mel Kuyper and all that. But it's just this monster. It's just this monster thing. And basically, Scott, it's brilliant marketing because basically, what the NFL is selling you is hope. Every team gets hope, and it's it's one of my favorite things that Bomani Jones says. He's like, "Why do you draft nerds want to be negative? As soon as your team picks the player, you're gonna talk yourself into it being a good pick because that's what we do. That's what we want to do. So." I'm sort of in that vein. Like, I'll rip the Saints and say they need to do this and that, but they could pick a guy with no legs, Scott, and I would be like, don't worry about it. He's got amazing <laughs> upper body strength. It's going to be, it's going to be fine. Yeah. doesn't need legs. He did, he did 97 on the bench. What's the, scouting, be- yeah, but what's the scouting report on you? It doesn't have full mobility on one side, but just football IQ through the roof. Football, football IQ is out the, off the charts. Bad processing, bad with check. Bad with technology, um, but is but is fully committed. Will stay all hours in the facility. Uh, struggles to go to his left, uh, <laughs> and may or and may or may not have off the field alcohol problems. 
Oh yeah, it has some has some <laughs> sounds, underlying sounds liver great. underlying liver issues caused him to fall in the draft a little That's bit. Right. Uh, on that note, we need to record a drunken Saints history soon. Always appreciate the time, Ralph. Enjoying the podcast as always, man. Enjoy the draft this week. It was draft week. I, I had to get you on at some point. So right. thanks for making the time, brother. Anytime, Scott.